Psalm 119, which is on page 529. Thanks, Russ. And you'll be pleased to know, if you know Psalm 119, we're just reading a little snippet, not the, not the whole thing, but it's a good, a good section. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for them, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Uh, The second reading is from James chapter 1. It's found on page 1043 of the Church Bibles. So James chapter 1, and we're beginning at verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of the Lord. 
Well, good morning, everyone. If I haven't met you before, my name is Andrew, and I'm one of the assistant pastors here at church. Great to see you this morning, and I'd love to meet you afterwards if I haven't met you before. We are in week two of a series we are doing on the book of James. And what we saw last week is James's big challenge to us is that we're not hypocrites. His big challenge to us is that we're not Christian hypocrites who say that we follow Jesus but then live entirely differently, who are double-minded, who are inconsistent in our faith. That's the challenge. And it's really important we get this right because two years ago, there was a study done in 2017 in Australia asking people, what's the thing that turns you off the most about Christianity? And you know what people said? Two-thirds of people said the biggest turnoff they have about Christianity is Christian hypocrisy. Christian hypocrisy. And so we, this passage, it's, it's really simple. It really is quite simple, but it's deeply challenging. Deeply challenging. The way you can tell, you see, whether you're being a his, Christian hypocrite or not is by how you respond to the Word of God, how you respond to the Bible. And so we have three questions that God's asking us this morning, three questions in the, in, that James is saying to us. Firstly, God is listening. God is speaking. Will we listen? God is speaking, will we accept it? And God is speaking, will we obey? Let's look at the first question. God is speaking, will we listen? Are our ears open? Look down in your Bibles at James chapter 1, verse 19. James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Now, I don't know about you, but it's easy to get that the other way around. Quick to speak, slow to listen. Uh, We all know friends and family members who just talk way too much. Maybe you're sitting next to someone who you think is like that. You know, we go out to dinner with some people and they just talk about themselves the whole night and you realize they never actually asked you about yourself. I think actually as a society, we're getting worse and worse at listening because our phones are going off and we're getting distracted by notifications and it's just so easy to not be present in the moment and so easy to tune out. It's so easy not to listen. And you see it particularly online, don't you? See it online, people post a comment or, or post a, a blog or an article about something mildly controversial, and in our polarized society, people just are quick to comment and give their opinions and express their anger, and no one actually engages in other people's thoughts and other people's opinions. We don't listen. And yet there's that old saying, you might have heard it before, we have two ears, one mouth, and so we should listen twice as much as we talk. Is that you? Do you have a tendency to butt in? In a conversation, are you always looking for the opportunity yourself to express your own opinion and to make your own contribution? You're always looking for an opportunity to make a joke or a careless comment. Well, imagine a world where husbands and wives listen to one another, employees, employers, where family members listen to each other, Imagine a church where we love to listen. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
Then what does James say? Be slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. You see, it's, it's actually hard to listen to someone when you're yelling at them in anger. <laughs> it's really hard to listen to someone when you're yelling at them in anger. Anger comes quickly, doesn't it? It just bubbles up inside you and you just lose your temper and we make a quick comment, a snap to a family member, we snap at a friend, we complain to a colleague about another colleague, or we give someone the silent treatment, or we text something in anger, or we email, or we write a quick comment on Facebook, and it comes so quickly. And then we regret those words spoken in the heat of the moment. Just think how many families and relationships have been torn apart by anger. Is that you? Do your friends and family feel like they have to walk on tiptoes around you just in case you might blow up? God's saying to us, we need to have a long fuse, not a short fuse as Christians. Slow to anger. You know, it makes sense because our God, he's slow to anger. Think how many times each day we offend God and rebel against him, and yet he forgives and forgives and forgives. He is so slow to anger. And that's what God's saying to us this morning, be slow to anger. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, that's true for the way we treat one another. But you know, it's particularly true in this passage. But James is particularly talking about how we listen to the word of God. How we listen to the Bible. He's saying, be quick to listen to the Bible. Quick to listen to God speak. You can tell this because the very verse before this passage, verse 18, he talks about the word. Look down in your Bibles if you've got it there. Verse 18, he says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. James talks about the word. He says, The word, the Bible, it's God's truth. It's true for us. The truth about who Jesus is. The truth about the forgiveness we can have in him is true. He says that word gave us birth. If you're a Christian in this room, when you trusted Jesus, you were born again when you heard that word. It gave you a fresh start. It's a new birth. And then look down at verse 21. He describes the word again. Verse 21, near the end of the verse, accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The word saves us. We all need saving. Every one of us face the judgment of God. And yet to become a Christian is to hear the word about Jesus and to believe it and trust it and be saved. That's the word. God is speaking to us. This morning, God wants to speak to us through his word and show us who he is. Will you listen? God wants to speak to us through his word and, sh- and give us comfort and give us hope. Will you listen? God wants to convict us through his word and, and show us how we need to change. Will you listen? God is speaking. Are you a good listener? Are you a good listener? On Sundays at church, when you hear the 
words spoken in, in prayers, in songs, and sermons? Are you a good listener? I remember one of the churches I'd been at previously, I would get up to preach and there'd be a man who would sit in the front row and he would fall asleep immediately. And I don't think it was me because I saw him fall asleep for every preacher before the preacher even started speaking. But it was so distracting because the whole sermon, he was just kind of bobbing his head the whole time. And, uh, you know, his eyes would roll up. His eyes would be kind of half open and I was trying not to laugh the whole sermon. (laughs) Now, there could be good reasons why you might be sleepy in a sermon. That's not my point. My point is, are you you ready to listen, to hear God speak on a Sunday? But not just Sundays. In connect groups, when you meet in the middle of the week, are you praying on the way there, God, help me to listen. Help me to listen. When you open your Bible on the bus or in your living room, the kids are running around and just have five spare minutes with a cup of tea or coffee, ear ears open. God, speak to me. Help me to listen. Imagine you got a phone call from someone that you really respected, like the queen. Queen, and you find out the queen is calling you, wants to have a personal conversation with you. You wouldn't be like, oh, tell her to call back later. You would answer that phone call and hang on her every word. And yet in the Bible, we have the God of the universe who wants to speak to us. Will we listen? Now, for some of us in this room, you're not, you might not be a Christian yet. Maybe you're still investigating who Jesus is. And for you this morning, you actually, God's calling you to listen for the very first time. Can I encourage you? Read the Bible as an adult. Investigate who Jesus is. Ask questions. And listen to, that, listen to his call to come to him and trust him. For the rest of us who are Christians, the challenge is keep on listening. Keep on listening. Whatever it takes to hear God speak through his word, even if it's just a minute. A minute in the Bible is better than no time. Take baby steps, whatever works for you. You Listening to it while you run or reading with a friend over coffee because that helps you do it or by yourself getting up early. Whatever works. Work on listening. We need to drink deeply from the word of God and hunger to hear God speak. And I tell you, I've been challenged about that this week. This week, you know, the times that I have thought, no, I've got other things that are more important. And I haven't listened to God's word. And I've just been reminded, preparing for this, no, I need it. I need to listen. God is speaking. Will you listen? Are your ears open? Well, the second question is, God is speaking. Will you receive it? God is speaking. Will you receive it? Look in your Bibles, verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. James says, humbly accept the word. You see, you can have your ears open, but if you've got a hard heart, it's not going to make any difference. You heard the phrase, in one ear, out the other. The next stage, first stage is listening. The second stage is humbly accepting, believing it, letting it 
sink down into your life, letting it transform you from the inside out. Maybe it's meditating on it or reflecting on it or being teachable. That's, that's what we should have. That's the attitude we should have when we hear God's word, being teachable and being humble and saying to God, God, teach me now. Open my heart. Soften my heart. And yet so often our hearts, hearts are hard, aren't they? I think partly sometimes our hearts are hard because we like our sin and we actually don't want to change. I know that's me sometimes. I like the... I like, I'm comfortable, I've grown comfortable with my sin. I don't want to be challenged by God's word. You know, sometimes we read the Bible and we kind of read it like a self-help book and we flick through the, you know, the pages and go, oh yeah, I like that. I don't like that. I like that. I'll do that. That works for me. That doesn't. But you know, it should actually be the other way around. It should actually be God's word flicking through our lives looking through our lives and going, yeah, I like that. I don't like that. We need to change that. That's what it looks like to humbly hear God's word. Sometimes people don't have a soft heart because they say something like, well, God's word offends me. A lot of Australians say that. You might have heard that before. I, I can't accept the word of God. It offends me on some different points. Now, often that particular point that they think offends them, they've actually misunderstood. But even when they haven't misunderstood it, we've got to remember, this is the God of the universe speaking. And his word for us is timeless. Timeless and across all cultures. And so, of course, there's going to be things that God says that in 2019 Australia we do find offensive. Why are we, why are you, the perfectly enlightened person, so much so that God should agree with you on absolutely everything? In fact, there are some things that the Australian culture loves, that the Bible says, that other cultures around the world today find offensive, and vice versa. It's God speaking, his timeless, perfect word. And there's going to be some things that we love some things which maybe rub up against our culture. What matters isn't so much, oh, do I find it offensive? What matters is, do I really believe Jesus rose from the dead? If he did, then I should listen to what he says. God is speaking. We need open ears. Will you listen? Soft hearts. Will we accept it? And finally, God is speaking. Will we obey? Are we ready for action? Look at verse 22 in the passage, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I love that. So challenging, so simple. Don't merely listen and deceive yourselves. If we just hear God's word and actually don't change our lives, we're kidding ourselves. We're absolutely faking it. We're we're deceiving ourselves. Because you see, the evidence that we've actually heard is that we change our life as a result. You know, imagine a father says to his son, son, clean your room. 
Maybe some of you parents have this kind of experience, nagging your kids to do something and they don't listen. So the father comes back to the son a few days later and says, son, clean your room. And then the son does nothing. And a few days later again, the father comes to the son and says, son, your room looks exactly the same as it did a week ago. What's going on? I've told you, clean your room. And the son says to his dad, oh, dad, I heard you. I heard you say, clean your room. I heard it. In fact, dad, I've memorized it. I've memorized the exact words you used when you asked me to clean my room. I can teach others and I can translate it into 10 different languages. Now, it's laughable because you know the son hasn't really heard. He hasn't really. And yet we can be like that with the word of God. We can hear it and actually not make any changes in our life as a result. You, know, you, can, you can know books of the Bible off by heart. You might be a connect group leader or a leader in this church. You, you might have the great outward Christian appearance. But if the word of God isn't actually changing your life, you're deceiving yourself. So James uses the example of a mirror. I love it. The Bible is so powerful. It's like a mirror. It shows us who we are. It shows us the depths of who we are. Here's the example. I mean, imagine you're out at a, a business lunch or out, at, out for lunch with some friends and you go away into the bathroom in the middle of the meal and you realize you've got some tomato sauce on your face, all over your face. But you, you forget it's there. And you walk right back out and continue the lunch with the tomato sauce all over your face. Well, a few hours pass and you see yourself a few more times in the mirror and forget. You see the tomato sauce, but you don't do anything about it. The days pass, weeks pass, months pass, and the tomato sauce stays on your face. A ridiculous concept, but that's what James is saying. The person who opens the Bible, it's like a mirror. It shows us who we are. And it shows us what we need to change about our lives. But if we hear that and don't let it change us and don't change our life as a result, we're a fool. No, what should we do? Look at verse 25. Verse 25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, They will be blessed in what they do. That's what we're meant to do. Look intently into the word and do it. Do it. Maybe you're listening to this right now and going, that sounds exactly like all religion. This is exactly what I thought Christianity was like. A whole list of rules. Do this, do that. I don't need any of that in my life i got enough people telling me what to do. I don't want to be in slavery. I'm happy to be in charge of my own life. I don't need any of those rules. Well, I love the way in that verse the Bible is described. Did you see it? Verse 25. The perfect law that gives freedom. See, when God speaks through the Bible, it, it is a law. It is a law. Even though parts of it are poetry and narrative and promises. It is a law because it shows us how to follow Jesus. 
but it's a perfect law. And not just that, it gives freedom. How can, how can following commands give freedom? How can, that, how can that work? Well, that's because we assume that freedom means no restraints. But it doesn't have to mean that, actually. It doesn't have to mean that. See, God made us, and so he knows us more than anyone else. He made the world, and his commands are good. So when we obey his word, we're actually living in sync with who we were truly made to be. When we obey his word, we're actually living in harmony with the way he made the world. That's freedom. That's freedom. Imagine a fish sitting in a fish tank, looking out of the living room. The fish is in there and looking out at everyone and going, gee, this water is really limiting my freedom. I'm ready to be free. I'm ready to break free and be independent. This is my moment. This is my time. And that fish just leaps out and splats on the living room floor. Well, the fish will very quickly realize that the limitations of the water actually helped him flourish. In the water, he could swim like lightning. And see, it's like that with following God. His word, his commands. As we follow him, we're living in sync with who we truly were made to be. Serving our loving, awesome king. Will you obey God's word? This perfect law that brings freedom. In what area is God calling you to obey him? What's the tomato sauce on your face? That you know God's just been calling you to change and it's still there. What is it? Maybe God's been calling you to be generous. Do it. Maybe he's been calling you to be kind. Do it. Maybe he's calling you to stop lusting or to stop lying. Do it. To start honoring God and a relationship you're in. Do it. Whatever it is, do it. And you know what's great? We're not left on our own, but we can do it with the help of God's powerful spirit who helps us put our sin to death. And when we do fail, and we do fail to obey, we have a God who sent Jesus, who perfectly obeyed all God's commands, the only one who perfectly obeyed all God's commands, who died for us so we could be forgiven. Open ears, soft hearts, ready for action. God is speaking. Will we listen? Will we receive it? Will we obey? Well, in the final two verses, James gives some quick application. He gives some quick examples of what it would look like to put this into practice, what it would look like to not just listen, but to receive and to do it. 
And we're going to look real quickly at them because actually James brings them back later in the book. And so we're going to look at them in the weeks to come in much more detail. This is like a tiny sneak preview. The first thing he says is, if we're actually going to listen and follow God, it will shape the way we speak. Look at verse 26. Verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. If you say you follow Jesus, but you just speak like everyone else in the world, you're kidding yourself. Because following Jesus should shape our speech. And our words reveal our heart and reveal whether our heart is right. You know, if you see some dirty water in a stream, you follow it upstream to find the source. And if the source is wrong, the words will be wrong. Our heart, if our heart is wrong, our words will be wrong. And so James says, evidence of us truly hearing and following is by speaking properly in a godly way. The second thing he says is caring for the poor. Look at verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In the ancient world, it was really hard for women to make money. Very hard for women. So particularly for widows... Very hard for them to make a living. And this is a world where there's no center link. So orphans and widows were particularly vulnerable. But for us today, who are the vulnerable in our society? In Sydney or around the world? Do you know in the Horn of Africa today, there are 13 million people in need of emergency food. James is saying, one of the ways we show we worship God Hear God's word and put it into practice is by caring for the poor. And the final thing he says is keeping oneself polluted, from being polluted by the world. A sign we're hearing and doing is we live a godly life, a godly character, and not like the world. Open ears, will you listen? Soft hearts, will you accept? Ready for action, will you obey? God is speaking. Will we be Christian hypocrites? Or will we respond? I want to leave you with one question. The band's going to come up in a few moments' time and give us a chance to just reflect on this question as they play some music in the background. The question is this. When was the last time The scriptures humbled you and you changed your life as a result. When was the last time the scriptures humbled you and you changed your life as a result? If you can't remember a time, then perhaps God's waking you up this morning and saying, listen, receive, and obey. Let's be a church who loves to listen with open hearts, who has soft hearts and are ready for action.